Welcome to AgTech360, where we take a 360-degree view into emerging agriculture technologies that matter with our host, Adrian Percy. So this is Adrian Percy with AgTech360, and today I'm delighted to be welcoming Professor Katie Jennings. Katie is a professor in the Department of Horticultural Science here at NC State and is also working with Extension on a number of weed control issues. Welcome, Katie. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here today. And we know that farmers and growers here in North Carolina, but also across the nation internationally, see weed control as one of their biggest pain points. And obviously, uh, there are many strategies uh, that they can try to adopt to deal with their weed issues. But we also know that weeds fight back, right? And so they are difficult for farmers to deal with. And you're here to help those growers. But first of all, let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you get into horticultural science and and, and how did you get into the whole issue of weed control? I kind of had a long start, a long journey to get here. Um, I started out uh, in law enforcement, actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I received my associate's degree in law enforcement and was working for a lawyer at the time, thought I might be a lawyer, Um, but then I ended up switching to plants. I decided I really like plants. So I went to the University of Maryland and got an undergraduate degree in horticulture, but it was taking quite a while. I was on the long track and I took a weed science course and it was so interesting. And uh, through that professor, I had the opportunity to do two internships with DuPont, uh, one in Virginia for six months and then another in North Carolina. And while I was here in North Carolina, I met Dr. Alan York in the Crop and Soil Science Department, and he invited me to be a graduate student. Uh, So I did my master's and PhD in his program. And then from there, I went on to American Cyanamid and worked for them for a while and then BASF. After a while, I had an opportunity to come here to the university and work in horticulture. And so that's... And so the rest is history, as yes, they say. And right. so really you've seen from the industry side, but also now from the academic side, and got, I guess, an appreciation for the kind of products and, and technologies that industry are providing and probably some of the challenges that industry have in terms of finding new herbicide modes of action, for instance. Exactly, exactly. So when you think of weed control, and I've already kind of teed it up that we know that growers see this as an enormous issue. You know, what are the biggest challenges that you see in that area? So in my area specifically, because I work with vegetable and small fruit crops, the, the, there's some specific weeds that are extremely challenging to control. And that includes palmary amaranth, perennial nutsedge species, primarily yellow nutsedge. So both of those weeds are very hard to control. And as you probably already know, Palmer amaranth um, is extremely challenging. And there's also herbicide-resistant populations. Um, and, and what is it about the biology that, of Palmer amaranth that makes it so challenging? Can you say a little bit to that? Sure, sure. So it can germinate over um, a wide range of temperatures. So it pretty much germinates all summer long. It can grow up to two inches a day. It has male and female plants, and the female plant can produce up to 500,000 seeds 
per plant. And it can also go from seed to seed in approximately 30 days. Wow. So, so extremely fast growing, creating an enormous seed bank in the, on the field and, and, yes. and, and spreading to kind of neighboring fields very quickly. Exactly. And so in terms of dealing with that, then there are herbicide strategies, but some of the herbicides are wearing out, I assume, and um, weed resistance is quite an issue. Yes, yes. And, and in the crops that I deal with, it's not so much the resistant Palmer amaranth, it's more that we have more increased population or increased density in our fields uh, because our growers are not using those herbicides traditionally that are resistant or, or that, it, that Palmer amaranth is resistant to. Typically, they weren't using those herbicides anyway because they were not registered in our crops. But our growers are seeing an increased uh, density of that weed and having a difficult time controlling it. And, and so is, is North Carolina ground zero? I mean, I've been to Arkansas, for instance, where the issue is terrible with that weed. I see people in the field actually hand weeding like it's, you know, a long time ago. Is, is it that bad in North Carolina? It is. It really is that bad. And it's not uncommon for our growers, for example, in sweet potatoes, to go send a crew through to to hand remove Palmer amaranth one to two times a growing season. And they're also cultivating it, uh, their fields two to three times a season. And all of that is primarily for Palmer amaranth control. Wow. And so in terms of other weeds, I mean, it sounds like Palmer amaranth is kind of public enemy number one, but but are there other really difficult weeds that that growers are struggling with? Yes, perennial nutsedge species, uh, particularly in our state, is yellow nutsedge, is a really challenging weed to control as well. And is the biology similar with with Palmer, or is it is it a different no, biology it, in that it's, case? No, it's it's different. It actually grows uh, from a tuber, or um, and it spreads by tubers and rhizomes rather than the seed. But things like cultivation can increase can spread it from field to field or within a field so it's and it can also come through plastic a lot of vegetable crops are grown on raised beds covered in plastic and that plastic can actually prevent germination of a lot of weeds but nutsedge is able to punch through that plastic because it has a really sharp leaf tip well so it's mechanical effect almost yeah and so with these problems, given these problems you've described with the, at least a couple of weed species, if not more, here in North Carolina, what is your principal area of, of research and, and how is that relevant to, to those crops? So my main focus is actually uh, to control those troublesome weeds, like I mentioned. Um, I have a very applied program, and so I am you know, responding to the growers' needs, basically. and and trying to help them solve their weed problems. And so we do a lot of research on the weed biology, how the weed interacts with the crops, but I also do a lot of herbicide screening work, and we're also looking at, you know, organic methods of weed control as well. Great. Can you tell me a little bit about those? What kind of methods are those? For the organic? Yeah. Okay. One of our biggest projects that we're doing now is looking at weed control with electricity, And so we do have a weed zapper, which is a piece of equipment that runs through the field. And as it touches weeds that are taller than the crop, it actually electrocutes the weed. 
and it's really really exciting because you can actually instantly see the weed turn over and so it's very you know fulfilling in that way to see the weeds die and then another project that we just recently finished up was with another graduate student looking at organic weed control in stevia uh, you know a sugar replacement and so we we did a lot of work with organic herbicides that's really interesting because we previously had on this pod um, the cto of a company called crop zone and they are using electricity. I know there are other companies out there like Zasso as well that are that are trying this. What what is your impression of the growers' kind of reaction to these new types of, of methods? Are they are they are they embracing it, or are they or or do, are they a little bit reluctant to, to change and would, would prefer to say stay with a with a chemical alternative? No, I I think they're really excited and and ready to embrace it and the whole reason that i actually bought my weed zapper is because i went to visit a grower who grows organically and conventionally and he had a weed zapper and he loves it and has said that it has totally replaced his crew having to go in and hand remove weeds so you know i feel like that more and more growers um, are going to go that way and, and definitely really appreciate what the weed zapper has to offer. And on the other side, you mentioned organic production and um, you know bioherbicides. We've also had, by coincidence, mm-hmm. a, a CTO from a company called HeartBio. So again, are, are you seeing these bioherbicides you know, effective? Um, and again, how are, how are growers kind of adopting and embracing those types of technologies? So it's interesting you say that because actually last summer, I did evaluate one bioherbicide. It was late in the season, so I didn't get to put it out on a crop, but I was able to see how it worked on small palmer amaranth, and it was really exciting to see just how effective it was. So this year we're going to do a larger study, and and I think growers will definitely embrace that new technology. Great. And, And outside of those examples, what, what else have you seen from your research, not necessarily what you've done yourself, but what other kind of methodologies are you seeing out there you think are interesting? I think the area that's really hot right now is robotics. And I was recently at a conference where there was a lot of researchers talking about different use of robotics for weed control. So I think that's a really, you know, a new area that we're going to see a lot of development in. So you're talking about, you know, placing robots in the field that will mechanically take care of weeds or, or spray so, them with 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 with, a, with some kind of herbicide? Yes. Yeah, so basically, it'll be um, some sort of machine that can detect a weed, and then how it controls it. It might be through some sort of might be cultivation or it might be spraying or it might be using you know the electricity you know the method of weed control could be different it could be a laser um, but it's it's definitely going to be you know the computer is going to be able to determine whether it's a crop or a weed and spot treat it so it won't have to be broadcast across an entire field yeah and I guess these smaller devices have other advantages they can probably go for a longer period uh, maybe if they're solar powered, they can, um, you know, go 24/7 even, um, and also less compaction issues and other things than having the the sprayer going over the field. So I guess, for me at least, uh, those robots, you know, could be a very interesting kind of path forward. 
if they can be produced at a, at a cost that's, that's affordable for a grower, or at least right. a service that's affordable for a grower. That's true, that's true. So lots of exciting things going on in weed control. I guess um, even though many growers face challenges, they can be reassured that they've got someone like you who's doing active research in that area. Thank you. Thanks so much. of North Carolina State University, the Center of Excellence for Regulatory Science in Agriculture, or SIRSA, the North Carolina Plant Sciences Initiative, and the Southern IPM Center. With AgTech 360, we take a 360-degree view into emerging agriculture technologies that matter. Thanks for listening.